This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. My name is Anthony Nicolosi. And I'm Skylar Sokol. And today we are talking about how everybody seems to be failing at creating compelling and engaging big budget AAA experiences that keep players around. Specifically, we are uh, talking about this in relation to the recent news that Crucible, Amazon's uh, recent, it's a first-person shooter, Skylar? Is it a first-person shooter or is it a yeah, third-person yeah. shooter? It's like a capture point based. Uh, I can't even remember if it was third-person or first-person. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Skylar actually played it. I just recently checked out the promotional material after. So I, we won't necessarily... Skylar will, but I won't really have anything along the lines of like whether the game was good or not. But the fact... Of the matter remains that they spent uh, reportedly six years developing this thing, and uh, it's team-based PvP action shooter. Whoa, that sounds so good! The shareholders are gonna love that. They are going to AOK that shit and give us all the money we need for development, and that's what happened. So for six years they developed this thing, and unfortunately, it's dead within months. Correct. Uh yeah yeah it's third person it's yeah it I it kind of <laughs> felt like uh I don't know I don't know if you remember the game Lawbreakers that was another game yes. that sort of tried to jump on the same genre and also failed it's been, it's sort of like Overwatch syndrome it, Overwatch was the game that really like started this genre that and popularized this kind of team based PVP non war time kind of game and people have and you know class based with like each character having their own unique personality unique lore that kind of stuff right overwatch really succeeded at this and a lot of games have tried to follow in its footsteps notably games like paladins which was horrible um lawbreakers which just fell apart um this game now crucible like the characters are unique and cool sean and i both really liked the character designs they were interesting they had cool powers but just the gameplay felt so stale it was slow it just eh. I don't know. I, like, it just was so milk toast, so well, generic. In, in addition to that, there uh, was the recent news that it, they didn't necessarily shut down their multiplayer servers yet, but the Avengers game uh, on PC was struggling to maintain more than one thousand uh, concurrent players. Uh, yeah, and Avengers, Avengers just recently came out. Now that's really interesting, right? I, I, I heard that the single player got. Rel- like reasonable reception it wasn't bad i heard i anecdotally i heard some people play it who liked it i do know some people who did not really like it but i thought the single player read pretty well but it's interesting that they were trying to move that game to be multiplayer like like persistent multiplayer after that seems like if you're gonna make a legit ass adventures game it should just be like a co-op story experience and then the game's done well the report was that it's most like it's like a looter beat em up kind of a thing, and the loot yeah. sucks. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, because like, wh- why would you get a loot? Like, Thor doesn't need to upgrade his fucking Thor hammer. 
right? I mean, well, like, he's got it, like the hammer. He's got the it older. It's true. Like you're you're going in as a superhero. That's already kind of uh, <laughs> you're like OP. a superhero. You're like I need a better cape. Sorry, like my Superman cape isn't era. I know Superman's not an Avenger. My I'm, Superman I'm, cape is not aerodynamic enough. Let me get a I better wonder, cape. Man. I wonder if maybe that's part of the the mm. challenge they faced on that front is like when they were making the game. The reason why they can't make compelling upgrades is because you're already so super powerful, right? right. So what does the Hulk get? Like, what are Hulk's gear? Does he yeah, get maybe, like? Maybe that's why it sucks. Is like what? is what? that very reason? Uh, does he get like I, sick like Nike sneakers that are like extra extra yeah. extra extra large? Strictly cosmetic. <laughs> call. Yeah. yeah. So I mean. You would think more that breathable pants. That was made by Square Enix too, right? Yeah, so people that's a people very who know how to make company. a a long, you know, a, a long, you know, filled out experience, right? Not like some you know, off the block brand new studio, but, right? But here's the deal, right? Square Enix's experiences traditionally have been single player experiences like Final Fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Like Final Fantasy 15, very well loved game, single player experience. Right, there's no, not like could, this multiplayer yeah. component that's trying to make the game live beyond its life cycle. Right, I think part of the discussion that's interesting to me is that on paper, you take a successful. Uh, when we were just uh, going through the rumors that Microsoft could potentially be buying a Japanese studio, I think Square Enix was about like valued somewhere around like five billion dollars or something. Mm-hmm. So you take a very successful uh, publisher and you add on the. I would probably say the biggest, the single biggest intellectual property in entertainment right now in Marvel, and uh, you still can't make a game. <laughs> well, it <laughs> wasn't developed by Square Enix, though, right? It was developed by Crystal Dynamics. Uh, Square Enix is the publisher. Sorry. Right. Crystal Dynamics is the company who made Tomb Raider, uh, the new yeah. Tomb Raider games, all yeah, of which sorry. had very good reception, all of which single-player experiences. I think this is the big issue. You go to a studio that's really good, and you say, hey, make us a game unlike other games you've made. Make us a game in this genre that you don't have experience designing in, and make it compelling enough that it'll have a lifespan beyond just people completing the single-player story, which is all anyone fucking wants from an Avengers game, is to be able (laughs) to play as the superheroes. No one needs loot. No one needs that shit. Just give me a cool Avengers story. Let me be a superhero. Let me punch shit as the Hulk and throw cars and great. Yeah, no, it's true. Some reviews were likening the approach to like they were trying to pull off a destiny for Avengers, which like on paper, right, seems pretty enticing, I'm sure. And that's probably why they went. I don't think it makes sense. I don't think I don't think it it makes sense either. And I think you have the problems that you talked about. But like on paper, if you could pull it off and you could create a universe where it's successful you and you're like with the avengers and everything and and they have this hawkeye dlc coming you know provide them with story content the marvel universe you could fucking go forever with dlc because of all the stuff they have inside of there it looks good on paper but this is just showing how hard it is to make a game yeah that, that people that are com- it's compelling enough for to well, draw people and let away, me right? say i think an ip a popular ip doesn't is is something that gets people interested in the game initially like an Mm -hmm. ip is what gets you to see the game see the marketing buy the game but an ip does not carry a game's lifespan i don't think like i think the fact that it's the avengers makes people be like wow it's an avengers game that's hype but then it's not going to be like oh i'm playing avengers game that means i want to continue playing like a less interesting gameplay experience because i love adventures i don't think that rolls that well like pokemon go 
people played it because it was Pokemon initially, but then eventually it died out very fast because the the Pokemon not very fast, but it died out because the Pokemon hype was the thing that got people interested, but it's not something that keeps people there. Yep. Except for the super diehard fans of the thing or who are going to play any experience anyway. It doesn't matter what the experience is. Well, I want to I want to also touch on getting back to Crucible. One thing that you said because in in addition to what you're saying, and uh, the player a play a partic- there's uh, there's a particular player market, if you will, for a certain genre of experience, right? Like there's yeah. a certain amount of players that are going to be interested in experience. And if there's already compelling experiences for that available to them, their time is a finite thing, right? So them playing Crucible means they're not playing Overwatch. But if Overwatch is a way better version of the experience for them, like, why would they play Crucible? You know what I mean? Exactly. So you have, uh, yeah, I think, I wonder how in some of these scenarios it's just like oh this is such you know we've got so much so many resources available to us we're gonna put so much money into the marketing blah blah it's gotta work like there's just like a lot of players right like i don't know yes look at valorant i think valorant is a great example of this valorant took CSGO, a really fucking old game and like reskinned it and made it different and added like characters right and all this did the overwatch thing with it basically and Valorant's very polished. It's very well done, very well made, right? They did a lot of effort, huge marketing push, right? All that shit. And it's still, like, there are a lot of diehard CSGO players stick with CSGO, and people, pro Valorant players have even gone back to CSGO. It's still very popular, not to say it didn't succeed, but, like, I'm just saying, even with a game that's that old, it's hard to move people away from the core game in the genre. It's really hard. You really have to create an extremely polished and potentially extremely innovative experience that provides people with a reason to change. Yep, yep. I, uh, it's interesting. I was thinking, oh, you're right. Like, um, I have seen that a lot of people have gone back to CSGO and stuff. You see those store, those you see people saying that. Uh, on the other hand, I do think Valorant did an uh, admirable job at trying to introduce some novelty to that experience with the rework of the classes and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, I think Valorant did it great, and I think that's why Valorant is successful. Even though there yeah. are players going back, it's successful. It's not closing down anytime right, soon. Right, right, right. N- yeah, 100%. It's right. not uh, – and even Crucible was free, right? You said yes. it was free? Yep. So it's not just because Valorant's free or whatever. Right. Um, I think they figured out a way to make a compelling option in that space. Um, if you like the CSGO implementation better, or it, like Valorant can be something that you play next to CSGO, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. And I think what Valorant did is it didn't necessarily steal the core audience from CSGO. It took the people who liked CSGO but have moved on from it and brought them back to that genre. Right. Like I yeah. like me, right? Like I liked CSGO. I liked the concept of the game. It's really satisfying for me, but I wasn't playing CSGO ever anymore. That game's old as hell. No way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but may- Valorant's yeah. like, hey, new maybe experience that's, in this genre, right? Maybe that's why they people try are interested. It's just a hey, there's a new something new along the lines of CSGO, right? Available. Totally. So totally. Um that's true. It's something you, you see this a lot in the shooter market. I mean, you see in what Hyperscape, right? That was the Ubisoft mm, Battle Royale. Yeah. What happened to that? Is that game even out yet? I don't even. Did it release? It released I for think real. It have, right? It's it's release. You know. I think so. It, that, I think that's just another example where it. I don't think it created a compelling enough experience to draw you away from 
Um, this actually the battle royales is an interesting thing. Fortnite. If, if I take away, I take Fortnite out of the picture. There was H1Z1 battle royale at the beginning. Is always the first one that I thought was like interesting. That King of the PUBG Hill. Sorry. Were like the big ones. Yeah, and then PUBG showed up, and then you have now Warzone from COD. I, I like. I just always. Uh, I kept thinking. I kept reading chat at the same time. It's such a bad idea for me. It's so yeah, dangerous with yes. my little monkey brain. But yeah. if you have the H1Z1 King of the Hill, PUBG came by was just basically the same thing, but a little better. Like H1Z1 yep. put its not much on, better, but not much better. better. And you were just you know everybody was sitting there waiting like. Once somebody makes a polished, not super buggy version of PUBG, it's going to work. And hello, Fortnite. And it worked super well. Yep. Yep. Hello, Fortnite. And then now Warzone. I think that's why Warzone is able to hold a population outside of its COD. I think the fact that PUBG didn't innovate in a way that could like really differentiate it against the eventually going to happen COD Battle Royale. You know, now it's just like, what? Yeah. Warzone is like the real, the realistic option. Yeah. You got like three huge Battle Royales in the space that I think would be very hard to topple. Fortnite for like that cartoony style the building mechanic is super unique and super loved right then you got apex legends for like the future sci-fi people then you got warzone for like the war like cod people right and all three of them have their own niche in the genre crucible like where is it go what is it for who's it for i don't know who that game's for who's looking for a game like that no one people like battlefield i don't know who wants who plays battlefield like because that's sort of what it is it's like a capture point objective based game right the thing i would compare it most to is like battlefield with overwatch characters which kind of sounds sick but they just really did a bad job with it in my opinion it's just the gameplay felt way too slow yeah i think it's uh this uh, this this uh realization of like that this market, the, the battle royale market, whatever market you're looking at, those players are already invested in something else. If you can't bring something around with a novelty to draw them away from it, um, or for the in the case of Crucible, I don't think it. anyone was even cared about that genre. Like, I don't even think there are players invested in games yeah. in that genre. It's just like yeah. a genre that's not popular right now. Why would you make that? No, I unless I, you're like an I indie studio. But, well, and, and I, I wonder. It's, it's been in, in development for six years, so right. maybe it wasn't supposed to take so long to come out. You know what totally. I mean? Yes, and I bet you that is right. So, like, maybe it was only supposed to take three years, but they, you know, it's a new, from what I understand, maybe I'm talking a little incorrectly here, but, like, that it's a new studio or something within the Amazon thing. They I they, they so. kind of got spun up for the project. So, there's, you know... That's in itself a hard thing to do. On top of that, I, I don't. I can't only imagine what it's like to be a new team with a ton of money thrown at you, with like some very specific like engagement requirements that you're shooting for. Right. Like it's right, and that's a big thing too, right? This isn't like a lovable indie studio that this game is coming out of. That people are like, oh wow, this studio really had passion put it into this. And I not to say that the people who developed Crucible didn't have passion. I'm sure they did. The people who were there, but the visibility into that is so much less because they're a part of Amazon, right? People aren't going to give you like the, oh, you're a cute indie studio that tried really hard and you're really passionate so this game should yeah, get right. support like card, even though that's sort of what it probably was, even though it's within this bubble of Amazon. But like it because it's in Amazon, like those people are fucked, right? If they didn't make like a perfect experience, it's not, they don't have any like backup cards that are like, oh, they're an indie studio they should get like some, like I want to support them because they're indie and they've tried hard. 
I mean, that's kind of what I did with Fall Guys. Was <laughs> when Fall Guys first came out and everybody was in it, I was like, even if it like isn't super my thing, which is what it ended up turning out to be. <laughs> I was uh-huh. like, well, it's a small indie studio and I'm down for like supporting them. Small. Right. I guess it, not super small with being published by Devolver Digital. Not small Digital, anymore. Not small anymore. That's for <laughs> sure. I'm not they still can't Guys sanitize too. Steam name input. God. I had a whole rant. I was playing Fall Guys with some people last night. I told them all the things that I think I could finish in 10 minutes if they gave me access to their code base that they haven't finished in months. <laughs> Well, there's three guys on the team. They're like, on their tasking, they're like, okay, should we fix the naming thing? But it's like, but guys, we could retire. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We could just be lazy and keep making money (laughs) from the cosmetics we already have planned. Let's just make the Sonic cosmetic. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Anyway, it's, it's just... I think the interesting, other interesting notion about that is, again, this is totally uh, hypothesizing. There's no information that's come out on this front, but you would expect that Crucible did. I mean, you see, because it had a six-year development, it had a big budget, big development budget, and you know Amazon would have put whatever they needed to in marketing, what, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, you can't, I think maybe what this also shows is you can't just throw money at games. Like, Throwing money at the problem alone is not enough to guarantee you're going to make a good game. Um, no, there's data, true. there's data from EEDR. We we talked about it before that shows that there is a correlation between the amount of marketing dollars spent and how much many many uh, copies of a game you sell. But especially with a free to play title, that doesn't mean shit because no. you your experience has to be engaging if you want to be able to pull players into the ecosystem enough that you you subsequently get that. Uh, monetization afterwards, right? Right. You That's why this Avengers game can have success, right? Because it has the IP. People have to buy the game. People yep. buy the game. If the game sucks, it doesn't have longevity. Whatever, they make the money, right? For right. The, from their perspective. But with a free to play game, you're like your game has to be fucking good. Like yep. Fortnite wasn't successful because it was a poorly implemented game. Like that game right. is well designed. I mean, it may not appeal to me or you or uh, some other people, but like. Just from a design perspective, we've read books written by the UX, like one of the UX leads at Epic, who like is insanely smart. So no, yeah. Celia Hoden, yep. shout out. Well, and the building mechanic is a com- super unique thing. Super innovative, right. Totally. Yes. Um, so, and how they pivoted I, to use what? Fortnite, what was it? Like Save the World, the original like yeah. Horde thing? Oh, Horde How they pivoted into, into making royale. that battle royale? Like. Yeah. And it fucking runs on like a potato Android. It phone. does. Anyway, it does. And Fall Guys, so Fall Guys too, right? Like they're the same thing. They have a very innovative concept. And it's not free to play. It's cheaper though, but it's still not free to play. I think Fall Guys could have gone free to play and I bet you they regret they didn't. Uh, maybe. 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 I don't know. They probably made a fuck ton of money from sales. It went so viral enough that they probably It went viral don't. enough that they didn't need to, yeah. But, even though and yeah. even with all the problems. Maybe with all the problems they're happy because now I bet you that it's died a lot and now they're probably happy they had a, a entry Well, then fee. Among Us showed up and stuff. I uh, yeah, it's just um we we talked about this a little bit in our Discord. If you're hearing this and this is this sounds interesting to you, we do talk about these things outside of the podcast with community members. We were talking about it with Rollick actually, who's in the chat right now on Twitch. Ooh. But he was talking to us about some ARPGs he was playing, um, how they were they were from different studios of all kinds of regions. You know, di- 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 oh my gosh, Diablo. <laughs> Diablo? <laughs> yeah, Diablo. <laughs> I couldn't say it. And what I can't remember the game, the other game he was saying on the other end, but it was made by one guy. Uh, oh, it was Chronicon. Sm- 
Chronicon. And he was actually saying he thought that one might have been the most compelling one um, from a kind of game design perspective. Um, and he, uh, we, we got into a discussion. I was thinking about, is there a correlation between, you know, the amount of designers who are providing input into the design of a game and sort of the pureness and quality of the design that comes out, right? Like if you have a big AAA studio and you have your sandbox design lead and then Mm -hmm. you have your like weapon design lead and then you have your character mechanics design lead, you know, they've really got to be on the same page to make a compelling experience. I think that's the the job of like the lead lead designer, right? The head designer to... In, in how well they integrate those design teams is how good the AAA game is going to be. Unlike an indie game where you got like two dudes discussing what they want from the game. So like right. it's, it's way easier to manage those design problems. Totally. Like God of War is a game I'm thinking of that I'm sure had like a billion design teams, right? Like there was a guy probably dedicated just to like how the axe would come out of the tree there or is, whatever. There is a guy. Right? Yeah, I remember yeah. we talked about that. So like and that's a that's crazy that lead designer must have done an amazing job to integrate all these teams together for this and maybe with these other games they did not do such a good job yep it's it's clearly something that's not easy i'm sure everybody would be doing it you know mm-hmm. uh something that it's interesting you brought up god of war Corey barlog uh was the lead designer on that one him and I, uh neil duckerman is that his name the guy at naughty dog like if it seems like the sony studios have got something figured out on that front because they 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 put out some bangers last generation and there's also like a strong uh, i don't know it seems like i'm sure under the hood like when has he talks in the podcast car Corey Barlock talks about the podcast. It, it, there's a super special talent involved with just managing all that, those design inputs and coming up with a cohesive experience. Uh, sure. So it's I not mean, like, easy. Yeah. I mean, so, like go ahead. we, we even just like us and Josh discussing a design mechanic can be hard to come to a consensus sometimes. Right. Like, and yep. we're just three opinions. Imagine <laughs> like that, where there's like hundreds, if not, thousands of opinions right it's crazy well and not only that but those especially as you get higher up that design chain those 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 opinions are like shaped from decades of experience you know what i mean right right it's not like it's some dude who like who like made halo one telling you this is how the like fucking battle rifle should feel in halo infinite and people are like like, (laughs) (laughs) what do i say to that Yes, it's I. So there's there's got to be a unique talent there. I'm sure I'm confident that there is, and being able to execute this cohesive experience with all those things. Sean Sean brings up The Last of Us One, and he said that it felt like three different games to him. Like there was a combat game, a puzzle game, and a story game, and it wasn't necessarily meshed well together. There's another game I played called Fear, which is actually a horror game I love. And it had this exact same problem. It had combat sections and then horror sections. You would like do a gunfight. And then you would move on, you would walk through hallways, and scary shit would happen, and, and exposition would happen. Then you do another gunfight, and it was, they were like literally completely separate. I think The Last of Us integrates it better, but I do see what he's saying, right? And a lot of games have this issue, I think, a lot of AAA games, where you, like, you have a section where you're fighting, you have a section where you're storying, and then you have a section where you're puzzling, right? Mm-hmm. Doom was like that for sure, right? Like yep. there, It was, was rare that you were, you're getting... You're getting combat and puzzling or story and puzzling combat all together right they're very separate and because it's really hard to combine all those elements together that's why like portal for example is a really really popular game is really respected for its design because it actually managed to give you story and puzzle and action all at the same time especially portal 2 yep 
Yep, I just got to I got to think, you know, Portal also started out as a small team, right? Um I don't know how big the final one. I can't I got to imagine it's still probably like 20ish people. I'm sure max. Portal 2 was bigger, but yeah. I'm sure, yeah. yeah. But the initial one was a small team and uh they uh I I got just got to think there's a there's there's some magic there in in having a purity and design there when you have a cohesive singular vision yeah. of what you're trying to I achieve. I will tell you that as far as I know and it this is like rumor but it may be true Dota 2 a huge game by Valve now, right? It D- Ice Frog was like the last person managing Dota 1 is this guy some mystery guy named Ice Frog who's doing all the balance for Dota 1. In theory, as far as I've heard, he is still Basically, solely responsible for balance and design, like and like final design changes in Dota two, and may and that may be one of the reasons why that game has remained so cohesive and well balanced and like good because oh, I, I bo- they 100%. let they let the one guy like they really I th- as far as the rumors have said right I'm sure there are other people making balance suggestions and stuff but he it seems like is like the guy it's yep. not like it's a team it's not like there's like different people trying for he's the guy. And at yep. some point, that becomes valuable, right? To have someone to make the final call. Because if there's no one who can make the final call, then like you end up with this mess. Yeah, better to have like a really cohesive experience that maybe not everybody likes than something that's muddy that's kind of just meh across the board, which is what Sean Rollick actually described Crucible as feeling. Yeah, was or it was the just Avengers like game maybe too, right? Yeah. It was just, just kind of like fine across the board. No, Nothing right. like nothing that really stuck out or whatever and maybe that could be one of the reasons it was a big team uh you can't just throw money at games it'll be interesting to see uh, as we wrap this talk up, topic up is, yeah. is it'll be interesting to see as these big bigger companies continue to try to jump into games like I, I i we actually just i just had this conversation with turtle fist pump who might be in the chat right now uh on instagram we were talking about how actually microsoft has where they are right now because from my perspective i would argue microsoft just got super fucking lucky with halo when they launched the original xbox and that they i personally kind of felt like they didn't really get gaming until like phil spencer showed up relatively recently um until then it was like a really epic made gears they bought gears from epic uh forza you know is i think a not to diminish anything about Forza or the people who like it, but I think it's a more straightforward intellectual property to manage. Uh-huh. It's a car game. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's, there's, uh, some learn. you got just, there's a, there's learnings that need to happen where these companies that, but up to, I think on a lot of other things they do, you can just throw money at a problem. You can just hire the software team to pump out the new app that can, provides this new convenient experience for business and enterprise customers. You just, throw money at it and it works because you have the resources to make it happen. You know how to interview the right people in games. You can interview the right people, hire the right people, the people with decades of experience in the genre of the game that you want to make and everything like that. And you can still get this, you know, like, no, totally. I think this is one of the reasons why studios like Ubisoft keep making more Assassin's Creed games because the core design is there. The really hard part of building this cohesive core design is done. And now they just need to like, innovate slightly on it and do a lot more art and change the setting right i think that's why a lot of studios do this ip like rely on these ips to make the same game but update it over and over because you you got the the initial part done the hard part of the cohesive design is basically done and now you just have to make it a little better yeah making games is hard i think there's a 
Corey Barlag again. Uh, I think it's on the Game Maker's t- Notebook is the name of the podcast. He uh, he he is just explaining like gaming, making a game is way more of an art form. There's a lot of technology involved, but it is such a art form on so many levels. Uh, a creative endeavor and creative endeavors can't always be one, you know. Ca- captured in a box, estimated in a box, and anticipated in a box. Sometimes you, he would explain, Corey was explaining that, like, the actually the axe throwing mechanic was something they fought about, I want to say, somewhere between six months and two years. Yeah, I think and that's that, what he said. And that the, the way it actually at, at the end got like close to the final implementation was they just told the guy who was working on the axe thing, like, do the axe thing. And s- they didn't hear from him for six months. <laughs> Like, on his progress or what the fuck he was doing, they were just like, he's doing it, he's got it under control, and six months later, he had the axe thing. And they were like, it needed a few more tweaks, if I remember correctly, after that, but it, then there was the axe thing, you know? Like, so, how do you manage that? There's no way, like, I can go to my manager and be like, just give me six months, Okay. I'll I'll see you in six months. Is going to be hype, you know? Right, like right. it doesn't work well, that with the way. Game, in you a should, lot of right? The sole person. That's another example of like the ice frog thing I was saying. This one guy did it, and it came out fine. Like you just got to do it. You and have someone make. It's way better to make a decision than not, right? Yep. Even no, if that decision isn't necessarily the absolute best one, you can fix that later. Anyway, I where can people find us? It's crazy. KoKoalaEntertainment dot com. There you can find us. Uh, links to all of our social media, including Instagram, Twitter. Most of, importantly, Discord. Uh, so Woo. here is a sneak peek for those listening. Tomorrow is going to... Tomorrow, we are going to be live streaming uh, here on Twitch. Right now, if you're listening to us on audio, we live stream this podcast episode every Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, our newest episodes. And then we post them subsequently to all your favorite podcast directories. We're going to actually have two coming your week because Skylar's been slammed doing something else hasn't had time to post the audio versions for you so look out for that but tomorrow thinking about that earlier today i was like i never edited that podcast (laughs) it's okay because tomorrow special live stream with the community we'll be hanging out playing some games but then we'll finish it with something new big new discord update if you were here last week we told you about parthenon coming well it's coming tomorrow bang yes big new update to our discord discord is the home of the experience uh for our community it's also where we uh are have started to divulge some uh sneak peeks into the universe of our upcoming game uh for right now plan for pc and xbox so join it we also do giveaways man we do giveaways everywhere if you like winning free stuff we're your guys uh, join us on instagram on that front or discord uh, we do giveaways every three weeks too uh follow again just go to our website you got links to all this goodness our tiktok our social media we just also jumped into gif your game soon to become the new gamer tiktok we are up there all our <laughs> wall of highlights TikTok. are up there and uh, you can go see what all the insane rocket league people all the clips they're hitting all the time with yeah. some sweet marcus editing so sweet and some sweet evan coulter music evan coulter music mm-hmm. yes you can find links to his music on uh, all the posts that use it we have links to his yeah, soundcloud so and to his spotify check, it out. check it out thanks for listening talk to you guys next week actually tomorrow come to the parthenon reveal Ooh, see ya bye